The Marlins have continued their second-half struggles. They are now only four games above 500, and it is time to start winning right now. Sandy Alcantara on the mound today, this Sunday afternoon. Then the Marlins will go to Cincinnati, face the Reds, who are right in the mix with them. The Reds are currently a half a game ahead of the Marlins, so the Marlins need to beat teams that they're right in the mix with. And then the Marlins will play the Yankees this weekend at home, back at Lone Depot Park. We'll preview all of that and recap some of the struggles on the Marlins HQ podcast in just a moment. Thirty stays as well, and now this one is hit. Ooh, oh, and then count for Elder and Torres, and now three-one to. What's going on, Marlins fans? Welcome back to the Marlins HQ podcast. Your weekly Marlins podcast we've been posting three to four times a week. So I've been on the podcast grind and it's been good, but not so good for the Marlins on the field. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But thank you for listening or watching if you're on YouTube and making the Marlins HQ podcast a part of your day. You can follow me on Twitter or X at Marlins Orion. And now let's get into things because we're not going to waste any more time. We have a lot to talk about. And I wanted to start off this podcast by talking about a big mistake, in my opinion, uh, that happened in yesterday's game. And that was Ryan Weathers. And this has really been really weird what's going on with Ryan Weathers. Or I should just say how the Marlins are treating him as an organization. So they trade Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds for Ryan Weathers. He's kind of a project. And as I mentioned in the last episode, episode 21, this is episode 22, about the trade deadline. And he's a project. And he was sent to assign a AAA Jacksonville uh, about 24 hours after being traded for. And then the Marlins, um, they randomly decide to bring him up from AAA Jacksonville yesterday, right before the game. Um and it was a very unexpected move. They DFA'd Devin Smeltzer, and they JT Shagwa got sent to the injured list, and Waskar Brazoban also got recalled. So they get two fresh arms, Brazoban and Weathers, today. And this is the day before Sandy's going onto the mound. Keep that in mind. Yesterday's game, um, the day before a Sandy game, it was kind of a bullpen game with Soriano going three innings. He didn't do terrible. Didn't do awful. Had a pretty bad third inning where he gave up or, um, sorry, Soriano had a pretty bad fourth inning where he gave up three earned runs, um, but three clean innings and he gets taken out of the game with no outs in the fourth and he gives up three runs, uh, three runs charged to him, but he still looked pretty good and his ERA only at 2.67. So it got raised up a little bit, but he still shown that he has some pretty good stuff. It's just this Rangers lineup is really good. And then you bring Stephen Okert in for an inning. He allows the inherited runners to score from Soriano, but no earned runs charged to Okert. He's been really sneakily good this season, and he recorded two strikeouts and one inning pitched. And then you bring in Weathers, who we thought he was going to be in AAA Jacksonville. The Marlins just randomly bring him up, and he hadn't pitched in over, the week, in over a week. So he's making his organizational debut on extra rest, and the Marlins decide that they are going to pitch Weathers for three and two-thirds of an inning and keep him out there to throw 95 pitches. And by the way, keep in mind, this was in a high-leverage situation. This game was very close yesterday. This was one of the rare games the Marlins actually hit. They scored eight runs. The offense has been the main problem um, as of recent, 
And then it's also the bullpen that usually struggles, but the offense isn't giving the bullpen a big enough cushion. So there's pretty much no margin for error for the bullpen. But the offense actually scores in this, uh, it scores some runs in this game. And then we fall a run short to the Rangers, who score nine runs. But my question is, why is I know the bullpen's been very tired. They've been taxed. But why is Weathers pitching in such a high-leverage situation when the game, when the Marlins are only losing by two runs? They, they were losing by one run at one point, and they still kept Weathers in. Like, are they not serious about winning? And then Skip Schumacher says in the press conference that if the Marlins would have tied it, they would have taken Weathers out. But, like, the thing is, the offense usually scores in the eighth inning or the ninth inning. So why are you not? Why are you thinking, I'll just keep him in until we tie it because we're not going to win? The, the slimmer the lead is for the Rangers, the better chance the Marlins have at winning this game. Um, Brazoban was available, but he only pitched for a third of the inning. He got taken out in Weathers' final inning in the bottom of the eighth inning when, when there was two outs, and Brazoban only threw a few pitches. Uh, Brazoban threw, to be exact, he threw four pitches, and if he was available to pitch, he, he, had, he had been on good rest. He got option to Triple A Jacksonville to get a little break for about a week and a half. Why would they only pitch Brazobon for four innings when he's much re- more reliable than Weathers, who shouldn't be in the majors right now? But they brought him up to eat innings, but he's eating high leverage innings. Um, I don't get it. Tanner Scott was also warming up in the bullpen. Could have used him. I know the rest of the bullpen was very taxed. Jorge Lopez was pretty tax. Maybe you could have used David Robertson. I don't know. He pitched two times in that series against the Phillies, but he didn't pitch at all in this series or on Friday in the series against the Rangers. So he surely had some rest. I I know they want to use him as a closer, but maybe use him in a, like when you're losing by one or losing by two, you could still use him if he, he hasn't pitched in a while, especially knowing that there's a Sandy day tomorrow. There's always a chance of Sandy having the complete game with the way he's pitched in the second half. And um, you could always use Tanner Scott to close it out if uh, Robertson isn't on full rest. Like, there was a ton of options for the Marlins, and instead they decide to have Weathers eat 95, eat, uh, throw 95 pitches and eat three and two-thirds of an inning in his organizational debut. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand the way that Skip Schumacher has managed in the second half. He's been a little too worried about his players' health. And yes, the Marlins have avoided IL stints this season. I'll give them that. Other than Jazz, who it, it, that's just the way that Jazz plays. And by the way, we had an injury scare yesterday with Jazz, but it seems like he's going to be okay. Don't know if he's going to be in the lineup today, but um, he he may sit today, let that uh, let that injury chill out, and then he'll play in the Cincinnati series. But I don't think it doesn't seem like he's going to the IL. But he did get removed from the game. Scary with Jazz Chisholm. You really hope that. Jazz doesn't end up going to the IL again because that would be a real bummer. I mean, he, he's already struggled with injuries this season. He can't keep going to the IL. That would be already his third IL stint of the season because he had turf toe. Then he came back for like like four or five games. And then he had that oblique injury. And now he just came back from the oblique injury. You can't have three injuries, three IL stints, not separated uh, too far apart from each other. That's terrible. Um. But, yeah, I, I hate what the Marlins did with Ryan Weathers. I think he needs to be optioned because he gave up six earned runs in three and two-thirds of an inning. And, yes, he did show flashes. He he picked up five strikeouts in just three and two-thirds. Um, but 
I think Mel Stoudermeyer Jr. has seen what he needs to see out of Ryan Weathers. I think Weathers should be pitching in AAA for the rest of the season unless he starts clicking in AAA. Uh, very immediate, and maybe they give him a chance in the majors if someone g- gets injured or or someone's really underperforming, and maybe they use him out of the bullpen for a bit. But I think Mel Stoudermeyer Jr., the time to work with Weathers and just focus on him since he is a project is 2024 spring training. Maybe Ryan Weathers could be in the rotation if he has a good spring uh, next year. That's a, that's very far away, so we're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, for now, Ryan Weathers is not a major league level pitcher. And he, he that's fine because he is still young. He's 23. He's younger than Jake Eater. He's younger than some other Marlins pitching prospects. So he's basically a prospect, but the Padres kind of rushed him up. They, they debuted him when he was 20 in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, he hasn't been what he hasn't been what the Padres expected him to be. Um, but yeah, still, still has plenty of potential former top prospects. So he's just a project. You didn't give up much for him. Sean Reynolds, who had potential. Everyone wanted to see him pitch in the majors. Um, I wish we didn't get rid of Reynolds, but Garrett Cooper expiring contract. And then you also acquire Josh Bell, Yuli Gurriel or Cooper has to go. And Gurriel has been a better player than Cooper this season. Uh, I think he's a slightly better defender. I could double check that. But um, yeah, we're going to have to see because there's not much downside to this trade. There's a lot of upside if Weathers could work out. But if he doesn't, you gave up Garrett Cooper, who is probably not going to be with the Marlins in 2024 either way, hit free agency, get non-tender, get the Brian Anderson treatment like from last year. And then Sean Reynolds, who we still don't know, could just end up being a decent middle reliever in his career. Although I do like Sean Reynolds, but he is no top prospect or proven major league player. But I do love Sean Reynolds. Um, let's move on from this whole Ryan Weathers thing and talk about Yuri Perez, who is up. He's going to be back up with the Marlins for the series against the Cincinnati Reds. He's expected to pitch. Not sure which game he'll pitch, um, but he will pitch one of the games. It might be Monday, um, which is tomorrow from the day that I'm recording this. I'm not sure because the Marlins have not announced their rotation or sorry, their, their starting pitchers for the series against the Reds. By the way, it's a three-game series from Monday to Wednesday, and the Marlins will have an off day on Thursday before returning back home for a massive three-game series against the Yankees because the Yankees haven't been too good this season. But um, they're still, they still have talent, and they're still a team like the Marlins fighting for a wild-card spot. They're pretty even right now record-wise, and I think talent-wise they're pretty even too. An incomplete team with holes in their lineup, holes in their pitching rotation, holes in their bullpen, but still a team with talent and a team that could definitely make the wild-card and that's pretty much the same exact thing with the Marlins. The Marlins are trying to avoid a massive collapse here in the second half. But what happened with Yuri Perez is really weird because you send him down when he's on top of the world. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, not just best young pitchers or rookie pitchers in baseball. No, he had been performing like the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, if you look at his ERA, let me just pull up his ERA real quickly here for you. Uh, Yuri Perez... Here. Yuri Perez this season, he had a 2.36 ERA, and then the Marlins sent him down. Uh, they sent him to Pensacola, and in Pensacola, Yuri was not really throwing that much. Apparently, he was throwing bullpen sessions. He had he made two starts with the team 
where he only threw for about three innings on a very controlled pitch limit, even in the minors. Uh, he was kind of just getting work in. You could tell he wasn't taking it too seriously, I think, but he was still hitting like 99 with his fastball. It was impressive. I watched one of his starts uh, in Pensacola against, I think it was the Mississippi Braves. Yeah, it was against the, Bra- the Mississippi Braves in Mississippi. Um, but then um, after about a week, after about five weeks, uh, sorry, I was about to say a month and a week, a month and a week or five weeks, however you want to say it, the Marlins decide that they're going to bring him back up because the team's struggling. And there's completely no plan here. Yuri had been with much smaller workload, even if they give him a tiny workload in the majors, but he had been almost shut down, um, not throwing a ton of live games, maybe pitching in a game. Uh, he had two starts in, in five weeks being there. So, yeah, he, he's pitching about half. He's throwing about half the amount of pitches that he probably will throw in the majors. And it sounds like, yeah, the Marlins want him in the rotation. They don't want George Soriano in the rotation. He's probably better in long relief, although I think George Soriano will stay with the major league team. He still didn't look bad. Just the Rangers offense is very good, probably the best lineup in the major leagues. But the Marlins, they're desperate for some wins. They bring back Yuri, and there was just no plan here with Yuri. I really don't like it. And if I think if I was the Marlins general manager and I made this mistake and I could go back and switch it, um, I, I would. And I would keep Yuri in the major leagues, maybe plug him into the bullpen. This was an idea I had. Maybe throw throw him from the bullpen, give him still a tiny workload, but not the minor league workload that he was getting, maybe pitching once a week for two innings, maybe even twice a week, one inning. Something like that. Just pitching him only once a series for one or two innings. And um, just making him throw less than he did when he was in the starting rotation. He was having five inning outings. And then um, and then maybe put him back into the rotation when you feel like your depth is too small. And you're really struggling. And this would be the time to put him back in the rotation. So five weeks in the bullpen. And I, I think he would pick up. He would ad- adapt to being back into the rotation much better if he came from the bullpen than if he came from the minors where he's facing double-A hitters and he, he's barely pitching in live games. He was he was throwing bullpens, and this, these were bullpens not to live batters. These were just regular uh, bullpen, just throwing pitches to a catcher. Um, but I still think Yuri is going to be good. Don't get me wrong. The, just the thing that I'm worried about is um, now that he's already exceeded his innings limit, and now he's gone back to the minors for five weeks. How good could he possibly be? He already shocked us the first time he came up. Everyone knew he was going to be good. We didn't know he was going to be like this. We didn't know that a 20-year-old was going to be the best pitcher in our rotation. And that's why we were not prepared for this. There was really no plan for Yuri and Kim Ang was going on the fly with him. And they did not know what to do because they, they want to protect his arm. And I stand by that. But if he's still throwing pitches in the minors, and he's throwing bullpens, why not make those bullpens major league relief appearances for one or two innings? Like, I, I don't know. I still don't like how they sent him back down to the minors. But just the thing I'm worried about is how how long could he go with doing this after getting sent to the minors in between his dom- uh, right after dominance, and now he's, he's, he's having an insane increase of workload. He already had an increase of workload from going from double-A to the majors, and now he's going from double-A and barely throwing to being in the majors and pitching for a contending team in their starting rotation. And we'll also have to see how many innings Yuri goes per outing. Could they only use him for 
four innings. It's going to be hard to use him for four innings. They're going to want to use him for a fifth inning. They used him for a sixth inning, I think, twice um, when he was up with the Marlins before he got optioned back to double A. And there's going to be no sixth inning, Yuri. We know that. Maybe once. I don't know. One time. I doubt it. um, Because they're so... They're so worried about his workload and his pitch limit, which understandably, I do understand that, but I would just rather have him in the bullpen because he's never pit, he's never really pitched. I mean, he debuted with the organization in 2021, 2021 with the Hammerheads, didn't pitch much, and then 2022 dealt with a little minor injury. I forget what it was exactly, but I know he went to the IL for like a month, I think. He just wasn't throwing a lot of innings. He, like he never went, I think he never went beyond the sixth inning in minor league baseball. So we'll have to see how this plays out, but I'm hoping for the best. We really need Yuri Perez to come and hopefully boost our season because right before Yuri was optioned, we were playing our best, and then it felt like everything started to turn around right when Yuri got optioned, and we haven't really picked up since. So now Yuri's back, and so is Sandy Alcantara. If he could have a good outing today, I know we spoiled his last outing with the David Robertson blow save. But the outing before was a one-run complete game, not complete game shutout, just a one-run complete game for Sandy Alcantara against the Rays. And the Rays are a good lineup too. I think the Rangers are a little better. But Sandy could definitely put on a show against the Rangers considering how he's pitching his last two starts. His ERA down to 4.1. It was well over 5 at one point in the season when he was at his lowest point. If he keeps pitching like this, his ERA is going to be in the threes to end the season. It's not going to look as bad as it did in the first half. And then hopefully he could have a good 2024 now that he's used to the shift restrictions and the pitch clock because the shift restrictions really hurt Sandy. So, yeah, we need Sandy to pitch a great game today against the Rangers with Andrew Heaney going opposite of him, who is not elite, not what he was last year with the Dodgers when he was actually pretty good. Surprise pitcher. Last year with the Dodgers, but he's a lefty. The Marlins have not announced their lineup yet. I expect um, Jazz not to be in the lineup because there's a lefty pitching. Even though without the injury, I think they still play him because they had been sitting him a lot with uh, scheduled off days, usually against left-handed pitching. So they probably would have uh, started him, but again, they they I doubt they start him now with a lefty going and the injury scare from yesterday. But I'm sure Luis Arise will be in the lineup. It'll be the usual lineup with Jake Berger, switch hitter Josh Bell. And, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we need Sandy to have a great outing, win this game, and then carry that momentum over to Cincinnati. And you're going to hope that the Marlins can win two out of three against the Reds because, again, the Reds are a half a game back of us. So we could jump over the Reds if we could win today and then win the series against the Reds because we're a half a game back of the Reds and the Cubs are a half a game back of us. They're a full game back of the Reds. And then the Phillies are two games ahead of the Reds. The Giants are three games ahead of the Reds, so they're trying to jump the gun. But the Phillies, they won yesterday. They did lose the first game against the Royals, so they have a big uh, series deciding game today against the Kansas City Royals, who have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. Took a comeback from them yesterday to beat the Royals. The Royals almost won that series yesterday. They could still win it today. So we're going to hope for a Royals win today, and we could hope for a Giants loss too, even though they're starting to get ahead of everyone. Three games ahead in that wild card race, and the Di- they kind of knocked out the Diamondbacks a little bit. The Diamondbacks are now behind the Cubs. They're a game and a half 
behind the Reds or out of a wild card spot. And then the Padres are three games out of a wild card spot. So yeah, all the Marlins need to do is win today and win the Cincinnati series. Uh, win two out of three. I would not expect to sleep a sweep. That's pretty much impossible considering the way the team's played. But yeah, two out of three would be fine. And then we'll probably be back with a wild card spot with the Cubs and the Reds still creeping in on us and also the Diamondbacks and maybe even the Padres if they could continue to win. They just beat the Dodgers last night thanks to an eight-run eighth inning. It was pretty wild. A ton of bad defense, bad command from Dodgers pitchers. Um, That was a pretty wild game, but the Dodgers win yesterday. I mean, the Dodgers lose to the Padres yesterday. That series tied one-to-one. So we will have two more games of Dodgers-Padres today, and then Monday that series will finish. It's a weird uh, Friday through Monday series. One more thing I wanted to mention is Xavier Edwards, who I think he needs to be called up. People give um, the statement. They, they give me the statement when I say that I want him to be called up, and they say that he's a terrible defender. He can only really play second base, and obviously arises as at second base, and you can't move a rise over to first because you already have Josh Bell and Yuli Gurriel there. So he really doesn't have a defensive spot on this roster, and that he cannot play short, even though he has been uh, used at short. People are saying he's not good. I don't care. I think you could sacrifice using him at short and maybe getting some not great defense from him because how bad could he really be at short if he could play a durable second base? He'll only get better by playing short in majors anyway. But his, his hitting, is he has too much upside um, with his bat to not be playing shortstop on the big league team. They also tried him in center field. I know that didn't work out too well. They're, they don't know how they feel about him in center field, and Jazz is our center fielder anyway. When Jazz doesn't play, it's usually Jesus Sanchez or Avi Garcia. They even tried that um, on Friday's game. But, yeah, I really want Xavier Edwards with this team. He had a six-hit game yesterday. Six hits in his last six at-bats for Xavier Edwards. And to put that into comparison, I know this is AAA against the Majors, but in the Majors, Joey Wendell has just four hits in his last 38 at-bats. That's his last 15 games. Um, So Edwards just out-hit Wendell in one game um, compared to Wendell's last 15 games. Edwards leads the minor leagues, or I don't know if if it's all the minors or just AAA, but he leads AAA in base hits this season. That's another reason why you need him to be up. He's basically been a mini Luisa Rice. He's hitting well over 330 in the minors. Um, so Xavier Edwards, he needs to be up. He is our best prospect in the farm system right now. 24, he's 23 actually, sorry, not 24. 23 years old, but he is uh, he's definitely majorly ready. I think maybe not fielding-wise. But he's been a elite contact hitter. And he also had a home run last night, too. So he still has some pop. He, he, again, he's more of a contact hitter, but he has some pop. Not like like in between John Birdie-type pop and Jazz Chisholm-type pop. So he could give you like maybe six home runs in a full season with a major. No, nah, not six. Like eight, nine home runs, maybe, in a full season with the major league team. But, yeah, I, I think Xavier Edwards, there's not much else for me to say. He should be in the major league uh, lineup. I think he should either be batting first, then you move a rise to the two-hole spot, maybe bat Solaire third or cleanup, or you could also hit him ninth, and then you could have him get on, and then a rise gets on too, um, back-to-back. But you're going to want him hitting back-to-back with a rise, I think. 
And yeah, you could also hit him at the bottom of the order. Ninth, I think, would be the most appealing option because if someone gets on at the bottom of the order, you can knock him in. Or he could get on, and then a rise can knock him in. Or a rise doesn't knock him in. They get runners on the corners. Jorge Soler hits a bomb or something like that. That would be the ideal situation. Jorge Soler, Josh Bell, Brian De La Cruz. We'll see what happens, but I really want Edwards up. I'd be surprised if he stays in the minors for the rest of the season unless he starts uh, slumping in AAA. And he should be he should be with the team in 2024. He should be on our opening day roster. He is the best prospect in this farm system. That's going to do it for this episode of the Marlins HQ Podcast. Thank you for watching if you're on Spotify or listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, or sorry, thank you for listening. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, my name is Ryan Schlesinger. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Marlins Ryan, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Let's go Marlins.